So we're in a sermon series on the stations, and today we're going to just look at the Garden of Gethsemane, just this story where I picture Jesus in despair, needing God to show up, needing God to say something, to act, to do something, to give me some way of moving forward, giving what's facing Jesus, right? Like he needs God to be God, and... um, and I resonate with this Jesus. The Jesus I don't resonate with and I don't get is the Jesus that walks on water, the one that like multiplies loaves. Like, I don't know what it's like to be that Jesus. I know what it's like to feel lost and alone and betrayed and hurt and where you just need God to show up. And so that, I think that's the power of the song, right? It's like a, it's like a prayer. It's like crying out. Uh, and this is where we find Jesus in the garden. I do have a few images uh, and uh, one of them is actually, I, I asked Jen for some of her pictures from the Holy Land. Uh, if you go to the next slide, so you can get a sense, uh, the Mount of Olives is on the upper right. That's like where the olive groves are and where they make the olive oil, the oil press, right? And from there, you have the Kidron Valley, which is where a lot of the sacrifices were done. It was a big place during Passover and things like that. And then up on the other bank, you actually can see the temple. So from uh, the Mount of Olives, you can look across and see the, the temple. I can give you a picture of that. So those trees here, these trees are sort of like the, the, the Mount of Olives. And from across the Kidron Valley, you can kind of see the dome and the temple. If you go to the next picture, you can see the same view, but this is actually from sort of the Garden of Gethsemane, these olive trees in front that you see, this olive grove, and you can kind of see the temple off to the left, right? Um, I mean, it's crazy to think that Jen was just in the place where Jesus was in his greatest despair, right? Like this holy place where the fundamental decision to go to the cross was made. Because I think Jesus was pretty human, right? So that means Jesus could have said no. Let me get, oh, sorry, let me give you two more. Uh, these are actually from the camp, from Jen and Mark. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, right, at the Mount of Olives. Beautiful. Beautiful. So if Jesus is like you or me, which it seems like in this case he's pretty human, he's scared, he's anxious, he's crying, right, to the point of like blood, I mean like this is desperation, then that means that Jesus could have been like, you know what, nope, I'm not doing it. I'm not going. But he does. He does take that road, right? But this place of fundamental decision-making, Jen was there. Like, oh, bucket list, right? To feel that kind of weight. To feel that kind of decision. So my question I want to start with is like, how did we get here? How did we get to this place where Jesus is praying, Father, take the cup from me, the cup of suffering, right? They just finished the Passover meal, the Last Supper, and part of it is a ritual where they take drinks of wine that represent and punctuate different moments within the history of Israel and their journey. And one of them is the cup of suffering. And Jesus is saying, take it. I don't want it. There's got to be another way. Why would I have to die? This seems crazy. Think of all the good I could do. I, I picture Jesus wrestling with that same spirit that tempted Jesus in the desert, Right? Like, come on, Jesus, you don't have to die. What are you talking about, right? Think of what you could do if you stay alive. 
if you overthrew Rome, if you established a kingdom. Think of all the things that Jesus might be going through in the garden, right? So how did we get here? Uh, we get here because my, my narrative, my perspective, which you don't have to agree with, right, is that God sees humanity broken, lost, alone. The religious leaders completely misrepresent God. Uh, the law has been perverted into something that was never intended. And uh, it seems as though God's got to have some intervention, some way of reaching us. And the choice is this really wonderful, risky, out-of-the-box, crazy notion, I'll become a human being. I know I'll become incarnate. I'll come as a baby. And these weird, crazy, unpredictable humans will have to take care of me, will have to love me and nurture me. And so God becomes a human being, comes in my mind to share the gospel, to share the good news, to show us what God's nature is really like. The closest thing we get to God's nature is Jesus, right? And so God comes to love us up close and show us what it's like and show us God's nature in the hopes that we would wake up and that we would follow. But as you know, that doesn't happen. And God probably knew that wasn't going to happen. I think that's a hope. But human beings don't like hearing the truth. And people in power certainly don't like being convicted or challenged. And so Jesus' fate is, uh, is one of pain. Now, because of what he's taught, because of who he is, because of what he's done, there are those that want him dead. So what are Jesus' real options sitting in the garden? Like, what, what does he have in front of him? Okay, so I'm going to stop. Congregational question. Uh, what, what, what can Jesus do? So let's assume he's got various options. He's mulling it over. So he's preached the good news. He's lived it. He's loved the poor. He's rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, confronting the powers, clearing the temple of those that are turning it into a place to make money. He's made the religious leaders mad. He's made Rome mad, right? Speaking truth to power has a way of doing that. So now he sits, people wanting him dead. What are his options? What can he do? What do you think? Thank you. Great. Avoid. So one is like we're going to run, we're going to hide, we're going to avoid. I'm going to add something to that. He could lie. Like, hey, I'm just kidding. Uh, I take it back, <laughs> right? I take it all back. Uh, son of God, uh, I don't know who said that. I, I didn't say that. So, but that's a way of hiding, right? That's a way of running. So that's one option. And that's got to play some role. I could go get married and have kids and like live a normal life. I don't have to do this. What else? Yeah. That's right. Oh my gosh, that's pretty good. Fight, flight, or freeze. Is there another one? What? Fawn. Oh, nice. You knew there was, I didn't even know there was another one. Yeah. I guess they're updating education stuff these days. I guess people are discovering new things. Um, so another option is like, let's go Rambo on this, right? Let's go Braveheart. Braveheart style. Freedom or whatever. Uh, and in fact... Clearly, that's an idea because Jesus says, I could call down a legion of angels, right? I mean, he, you, don't, you don't reference that if you don't want people to know you're thinking about it, 
right? Like I do this all the time. I'll like, well, you know, I, I could fail you. I mean, I, I want people to know I'm not going to, but I could. Uh, and so there's Jesus drops it, right? So I could brave heart. I could run and hide and pretend. Any other options? Yeah. <laughs> so another option could be another that God might change the hearts of those that mean him harm. That that's but that's out of Jesus' control, um, it seems, because that doesn't happen. Yeah, Wendy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, uh, this would be like a kind of running, right? Like I can, I can like drop what I'm doing and I can sort of go back and live a normal life. I can go back with my parents. The disciples can take it from here, right? Like I've, I've taught them and led them. I mean, there's not a lot of other options, right? You either avoid, you run, you lie, you fight, or you die, um, and God demonstrates his way, the way of the kingdom, in Jesus' response. So it's not through violence. The kingdom of God is not ushered in through violence, even though, for whatever reason, Jesus' followers for centuries now have tried to figure out what the right form of violence is that will end violence. By the way, that's failed. Look at the world. Um, uh, if you're anything like me, Jesus' followers for centuries have decided to put on a mask, deceive, hide, run. But this is not the way of God. The way of God is the way of love. The way of God is the way of the cross. And so in the midst of these options, like these horrible options facing Jesus, as he cries out to God to give some alternative to this, there are no genuine alternatives that will actually demonstrate God's character and God's love except the cross. This is the road. This is the way of God. So I want to highlight a few things that we might take from this, that this might matter. So one, in Jesus' greatest moment of despair, he does two things right away. He calls all of his friends together and says, I need help. Can you come pray with me? Don't, please don't sleep on this. In his moment of despair, he calls his closest friends and he says, will you pray with me? I need help, right? He enacts a moment of vulnerability, which is reciprocated by them literally betraying him and falling asleep. It's one or the other, right? So it's, like, it's not like Jesus reaches out, oh, please, I need you, and then it's just met with like love and support, right? But nonetheless, I think this is exactly how we have to live Two, in his moment of greatest despair, he prays, as was his custom. So if you take nothing else, you at the end of your rope, you feeling like you can't make it another day, you trying to get through one more week, call your friends and pray 
And we're going to pray together. This is why we do it every Sunday, right? This is what we do. This is where we find strength. But finally, in so many of my interactions at my work, in my marriage, with my, with my children, with my friends, I have several options when conflict arises. And one is I can take control, I can use my power, I can try to manipulate, I can, I can use violence. That's, one, that's bucket number one. Make it happen such that I'm protected. That's, my op, that's option one, right? Option two, I can pretend, I can put on a mask, I can fit in, I can lie subtly so that no one really knows that there's conflict here, right? Or three, I can figure out what authentic love looks like. And it usually looks like courage and confrontation and selflessness and boundary drawing. And that way is always the hardest way. It's always the hardest way because what I want to do is use whatever control I have to make sure I'm safe and protected or I want to just blend into the background and make sure no one knows there's even a problem. But what I don't want to do is to take the road of the cross. But this is the call because all of us find ourselves in the garden. Time and time again, all of us find ourselves in the garden. So as I'm wrestling with the decision to step down, I'm in the garden because this is the best place I've ever been a part of. This is the most loving community I've ever engaged in. These people know me and care for me and accept me just as I am. Like doubts and all, warts and all, right? And yet, I feel like I, like I know, deep in my bones, I know that it's the right thing to do, right? So I can either muster the control I have and manipulate the situation so that I can like stay here, but maybe I'll do less. Or maybe I could do this, but I'll, and I've, I'm, I'm trying to, like all the imaginations of the way in which I can not have to deal with what I know is ultimately inevitable and coming, right? Or I can pretend and I can deceive myself a little longer and I can say everything's great and I'm not tired and I've got enough energy to do everything. Or I can like, relinquish, I can like submit the way Jesus submits. Jesus just like says, you know what, you, your will, not mine. I get it, I'll let go. And ultimately it's the hardest path and it's the path I think of love, it's the path of submission. But that's not my instinct. That's not what I, that's not like what comes natural. This is what the garden looks like. And Jesus shows us the path, right? The way of the cross. Let's pray. Lord, we're grateful. I'm grateful that you suffer. That, that you, that it's hard. That it was difficult. That you wept. That you felt betrayal. I'm so grateful that I don't have to be alone in those feelings and in those moments. And when we are confronted by the gardens of our lives, Lord, please, please give us wisdom, give us discernment, give us courage that we might take the road of the cross, that we might be able to submit to your will, that we might be able to be honest, open, vulnerable, and loving 
in contexts that might otherwise call us to control or power or avoidance. We need more of your spirit in our lives, Lord. And that's our prayer. Amen. Please stand for our closing song.